This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, or how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Okie dokie. Good morning. Glad to be back with you. I hope you're glad that I'm back. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. We are looking at Psalm 129, are we not? Okay, let's pray. Thank you, uh, Lord, uh, for this new day, for the privilege of being able to spend it with you and with each other, and uh, just let your Holy Spirit have free reign in your name. Amen. When do you find you have the greatest amount of perseverance? Perseverance. Hopefully you have some perseverance. When you're, when you're doing something you like. When you do something you like, then you got some perseverance, right? Excellent. That's good. What else? When you're doing something you have to do. When, when you, I have to get it done, right? How many of you, when you were in school, were one of those that had your term paper done like the first week of the term? How many of you were really good under pressure? Yeah, that's perseverance, right? Deadlines are, 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 they force us. Someone had a hand up. Who had a hand up? Perseverance. When you're protecting someone you love. Oh, okay, yeah, when you're protecting someone you love, there's a great amount of perseverance. Anything else? Perseverance. When do you find you have the great Shirley? When you have trials. Yes. Trials, trials and tribulations, right? Yeah. So it's either, uh, I guess there's fight or flight, right? And so most of the time we're into the, uh, the, I think there's three though. It's fight, flight, and sometimes it's freeze. Some people just freeze, right? Yeah, but um, you know, when you know you have the Lord on your side, you can really, you can really get it going. All right. So here you go. Um, we had repentance, focus, worship, service, help, security, joy, work, blessings, perseverance. <laughs> yeah, it's the privilege of being able to persevere, especially during challenging times. Yeah, being able to, uh, sometimes we call it stick to itiveness. Yeah. Uh, have you heard that one? Yeah, that's, that's a Wisconsin term. That's a nice, that's a nice Wisconsin term. You've got to have a little stick to in that. You've got that hang in there, baby. Right? Keep at it. Don't give up. We get all those encouragements. That's really what Psalm 129 is all about. So, uh, let's do uh, Psalm 29. Let's read it responsibly. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say... Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like the grass on the housetops which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of the sheep's his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you, 
We bless you in the name of the Lord. All right, so it sounds like they're having a challenging day. Right? Don't give up. Hang in there. So let's look at it. Let's jump through the verses. And we're going to do verses 1 and 2 and 3. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made along their furrows. All right. But they're not deep. They're not deep. Do you see the Christian faith as fragile or firm? Do you see the Christian faith as fragile or do you see it as firm? It depends on the individual. No, I'm talking about the faith, not the person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good distinction, Clay. The faith itself firm, right? But sometimes we become fragile, right? And, and it's those times that maybe we're a little less than, um, a little less in applying that faith to daily living, which can be very easily done, right? When, when people are on your back plowing furrows, can, can, yeah. what does that feel like? Can you, can you imagine, you know, little bitty farmers on there cutting furrows in your back? Yeah. How would that feel? You think a mosquito bite's bad. That, that's, that's not good. Yeah. So let's look at some, some instances of persistence. We have a persistent Jesus, don't we? So when I think, you know, they're plowing furrows on my back, what came to, comes to mind for me is Isaiah 53. These are just a few of the verses. For he, referring to Jesus, grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. He was oppressed and he was afflicted by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. All right, let's just ponder the earthly life of Jesus. In what ways was Jesus persecuted in his earthly life? Steve? His hometown hated him. Hometown hated him, right? Hometown boy makes good, hometown boy rejected. Yeah. How else? Barb. I, I don't know if this was early on, but his brothers didn't seem to be too happy with him either. There you go. As a matter of fact, we get to that one point when Jesus is teaching, and uh, someone says, hey, you know, your family's outside. They kind of want to take you home. They think you have a mess messianic complex. <laughs> you know, maybe we should just go home, okay? Because you're bringing heat down on yourself, and we're afraid that heat's going to come down on us too. So that's a form of persecution, definitely. What else? The Jewish leaders um, had it out for him. Oh, man. The, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, the scribes, the teachers of the law, always looking to discredit him, right? It's funny that they could never find a 
incident where he yeah. uh, disobeyed the law. Yeah, they tried. Oh, yeah. Set up some good traps, too. Yeah. yeah. Steve? People missed the message. They were looking for, they were looking for a Messiah, to, you know, Political. for the kingdom. But they also saw him as a magician who could heal people or yeah. do tricks. Yeah. Or, I mean, look at Herod. He come, come show me some stuff yeah. during his trial. Yeah. So that in and of itself is a persecution. When people have this misunderstanding of what he came for, right? And, and it even happens in John chapter 2. Mary says, they have no more wine. And he said, oh, my hour has not yet come. You know, I, I, I'm not here, you know, to make sure that the caterer gets the count right. <laughs> yeah. Or we can even go back to uh, when he's about two years old. Yeah, he was in, in, stayed in the temple. Uh, even a little Egypt. before. Egypt, Egypt. got to run to Egypt, right? Yeah. Because Herod wants to kill him. He's, he's like two years old. And Herod wants to kill him. That's persecution, right? The devil tempts him. That's persecution. How about this one? Um, beaten by the Romans. His, his body must have been just a mess. They literally cut furrows in his back. Uh, yeah, that cat of nine tails is pretty ugly. Uh, if you saw the Passion of the Christ, it, it was, it, you know, it was rather gruesome to watch that, but it was, it was historically correct. I mean, it was, it was right on. I mean, they, they nailed it. Um, pardon the pun. Uh, yeah, didn't even try. Didn't even try. Yeah. So here we've got this Jesus that's persecuted every single step of the way. You know, even, even when he says to his disciples, you know, I got to go to Jerusalem and die for the sins of the world. And Peter says, oh, we're never going to let that happen. It's like, oh, seriously? Uh, at, two, at two, Peter? Yeah, it, 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 this, isn't, this isn't good. So here's the persecution, but here's the persistence from Psalm 53. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. The word is shall. It's not might or could or perhaps or maybe. It's shall. It's, these are words of persistent confidence. So how did Jesus' persistence pay off for himself and for us? Probably a pretty easy question to answer. His persistence pays off in what? For us, not for him. Our salvation. Yeah. yeah. But his persistence does pay off for him. He glorifies the Father by saving us. Right? Yeah, so... It, his, his is, hey, I, I fulfilled the will of the Father on behalf of a very sinful world, including the ones who've come to persecute me. Yeah, but, but the persistence shown in Jesus, well, even the Garden of Gethsemane, there's persistence, isn't it? Man, if there's another way of doing this, let's find it, let's do it. But if not, let's go. Let's get this going. Let's do this. Yeah, so there's persistence, and uh, persecution and persistence. How about Paul in, in 
Second uh, Corinthians 11, beginning at verse 24, he talks about persecution, right? Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. So the most you could beat someone was 40, right? They always took one away if you were a Roman citizen. Yeah. So you got a break. Yeah, you got a discount. Yeah. Yeah. Three times, oh, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. There's a guy who, who needed omeprazole, right? He must have had some heartburn galore going on. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. He had his thorn, thorn in the flesh. Thorn in the flesh. That was a per, not a persecution, but it was another... Yeah, another three thing. times. Three times I asked the Lord, can you please take this away? Three times. There's some persistence there, isn't it? The persistence is found in two ways. Moving through the thorn in the flesh, but being persistent in prayer. Until he got his answer. My grace is sufficient, right? Mm -hmm. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. And the persistence. Uh, I think Philippians 3, 13 and 14 is pretty good. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So if we meld those two together, it's interesting, though. He says, forgetting what's behind, well, I think he just gave us a pretty good litany of what was behind, yeah. right? But forgetting, forgetting isn't, I'm just going to never remember it or I'm never going to mention it. Forgetting is, I'm not going to allow that to define who I am today. I'm not going to allow that to define who I am today. Have you ever heard that from people who've really come through some pretty challenging times? Yeah. Whether, that, whether it's an addiction, right, or whether it's a relationship problem, or whether it was a financial collapse, I'm not going to allow that to define who I am today. That's persistence. Because it's really easy to give up in life. Persistence is about moving forward, right? And, and Paul says, really, the big thing we move forward is the uh, upward call of God. The upward. And I, I can look at the upward call in two ways. Number one, the upward call to live the faith today. And number two, the big up, upward call is what? Heaven. Yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to the, to the gift of heaven as well. Any thoughts on that? Oh, you mean in our psalm? Yeah. I think the they is, 
anyone who's been oppressing us. Yeah. So for Jewish people, it would be, boy, let's remember back. Those Egyptians were nasty folks, right? Or we can remember back to the Babylonians. They were awful. They took us out of our own homeland, right? Yeah. So I think the idea is they. It's a great question. In, for us to be able to say, doesn't matter who the they is, it's anybody who is oppressing. Yeah. So in, in the letter 2 John, which we had as a text for Sunday's message, um, it, it talked about the deceivers, right? The people that don't speak the truth. They are the Antichrist. So anyone who is against the teachings of Christ fall in that category. Anyone who persecutes us as followers of, of the Lord fall in, under the umbrella they. They. So the they today may not be the same they tomorrow. Yeah. There's a bunch of they's out there. And they may not be <coughs> an individual. Right. They may not be an individual. Yeah. It may be... Um, a movement, it may be a circumstance, right. Yep, excellent. Verse 4, the Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. He cut the cords of the wicked. That, that has to be read right after verse 3, right? The plowers plowed upon my back and they made long furrows. So in the day, today, um, you're in one of those really great half million dollar tractors, am I right? that have the GPS system, I could be a farmer today. I could. I could get a thermos filled with coffee and some granola bars, and I would have someone set the GPS, and I could just fall asleep, and that thing would just do its plowing. Isn't that nice? These days, how did you plow? You had some kind of ox. Your, your wife pulling that? That's good. Let's all just take a moment of silence and remember Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's all go home now, shall we? Yeah, so they had some kind of animals, right? And they were hooked up to the plow. So verse 4 says, And the Lord did what? He cut the cords. The Lord cut the cords that attached the plower to the plow and the animal. Yeah, they changed it. You know, from NIV says the Lord is righteous; He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. Oh, okay. Which to me, seems like it makes a little more sense. I don't know yeah. why they changed it. Probably the ESV is probably well, not probably. It's a little more loyal to the Hebrew. Yeah. The NIV kind of takes a, a little bit more liberty at, at putting it into more of a colloquial, right? Yeah. The one that takes the real liberty is the message. That one is just kind of a paraphrase, right? So people, I had someone say, should I ever read the message? I said, you know what, if you're just sitting down reading the scriptures, that's kind of neat. That's fine. That's all right. But if you're going to study you know, make sure that you got a more reliable translation. Yeah. So he cuts the cords. The Lord intervenes, right? He cuts the cords. They're not going to be plowing anymore. The question, though, remains this. Does it mean that he takes away trouble and trial? No. no. 
becoming a Christian does not mean now everything is going to go my way. I, I've mentioned this before. Uh, when I was in New York, we had a, a couple that came to church. And uh, man, they came on Sunday. And it just so happened we had a new member class starting on Tuesday evenings. That's when new member classes were like 190 weeks long. Remember those days? And this was six, seriously, it was 16 weeks. And um, they came the first Tuesday. And then they were in church Sunday. And then they were in the new member class Tuesday. And this happened like four or five weeks. All of this happened. And then all of a sudden they were gone. They, they were just done. There was no more. And I tried calling them and I got no answer. And uh, I, I saw one evening I'm driving home and oh, there are cars in the driveway. So I parked behind the car. There's no getting away. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, well, they might open windows in the back of the house and climb out and run. Um, but I came in, oh, they come on in. And they welcome me. Come on, you want coffee or anything? And, no, I'm, I'm just going to go have dinner. I just haven't seen you. Oh, no, no, we're okay. I said, yeah, that's good. You know, but we haven't seen you in church. Or the, oh, no, no, everything's fine now. I said, what happened? Well, their son was in the Air Force. And it was during that whole Ronald Reagan versus Libya. Uh. You know, and, and, and they were on uh, standby. So they had planes that were sitting. Pilots would sit in the plane for eight hours with idling. And then the next pilot would get in for eight hours. And then the next one for eight hours. And finally, it was all resolved. By golly, it is all resolved. But I'll tell you what, Pastor, next time we have a crisis, we know what church to go to. <laughs> so it became kind of their spiritual medicine cabinet. You know, they took two aspirins and they would call me in the morning. Um, but this isn't what Christianity is about. It's, it's not about, Christianity is not a rabbit's foot or, or a four-leaf clover. Christianity is the fact that in the midst of the imperfections of this world, I have a God that cuts me loose from those cords. And it's not the cords of all the bad things that are happening, but the effect of them. The persistence of faith allows me to rise above the challenges, not to avoid them, but now the challenges don't have dominion over me. So Paul would say, you know, uh, suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope never disappoints us, right? How many times have you said, I think I have enough character. I don't, I, Lord, I don't need a lot more character. And, and the Lord says, no, I think you do. Um, but we're going to do this together. We're going to use this. Here's what it does mean. Um, it means that God is always with us, that God never forsakes us, that God uses all things together for good, that suffering now, instead of producing um, fatigue, it produces character and perseverance and hope. So the deeper the troubles we have, ideally, the closer we grow to the Lord, the more we need to rely on Him. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, the pandemic. Churches had to shut down and so forth. And usually, when there's something going on in the nation, you know, people flock to the church. Yep. And it was quite different this time. Couldn't do it this time. Remember 9 yeah. 11? Yeah. Yeah. Churches were packed. <coughs> yeah. And, and this time, we couldn't do it. We could only do it virtually, but that's not the same thing, is no. it? 
No, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I talk, you know, I talk to my kids on a regular basis through uh, FaceTime, you know, but it's just not the same as when, you know, you can give them a hug or put kids on your lap or, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's the oneness. It's the closeness we have to the Lord with each other. And, and that, that helps to build a, a perseverance, doesn't it? Yes. You know, that helps build a perseverance. But, and again, that goes back to the military. You're not going to fail your brothers. Yeah, right, right. I got your six, right? I'm yeah. always there with you. So, um, you know, the, I always chuckled. They had the Army had that one uh, campaign, an army of one. Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's an army of everybody as one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the church. Verse 5, may all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Now again, Zion was a word that was used for Jerusalem, but it's also used for heaven. The place of God really is what it is, the place of God. Jerusalem was God's city, right? It was the place of God. But heaven is, is the place of God as well. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backwards. Is it okay for a Christian to hate? Wow. Hate evil. Hate sin. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put in here Leviticus 19. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And then in Exodus 23, if you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. And Proverbs 24, 17, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Oh my goodness, it almost sounds like we should never, ever, ever be angered. But that's not really what it's saying. There are going to be times... Was Jesus ever angry? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Hey, when, he, when he went into his temple, yeah. his house... Yeah, I, I, you know, when you read it, it isn't, it isn't a, hey, hey, everybody, come on now, let's all, we all have to leave the temple now. Come on. No, he, he made those cords, right? Yeah. How about this? Hey, everybody, I got to go to Jerusalem. Oh, Peter says, we'll never allow that to happen. And Jesus turned around and said, oh, come on, get behind me, Satan. No, I think he was pretty aggressive in that statement. Stop it. Yeah, get behind me. So here's my question, even before I ask the one that's printed. What caused anger in Jesus? Who said it? Sin. And sin is anything contrary to God. You're making my temple a den of thieves. And the Old Testament prophet, remember the disciples, when they saw this, they were kind of like, woo. Who, who got up on the wrong side of the bed today? And then they remember the prophet. You know, zeal for the house of the Lord will consume me. Right? 
Or he goes and he wants to get a, a fig from the fig tree, right? And, and there's no figs. What does he do? He zaps it. Yeah, he curses it. It's sin that bothers him. It's anything that's contrary to the will of God is what upsets him. He could have been a, oh, a, a whole lot more upset in his earthly ministry. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I think so. All right, what causes you anger? When nothing's going right, and you've done your best, and you know how it needs to be, but it just isn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else causes you anger? When those around you distrust or uh, think you can't, you're not up to the job. When people around you don't have any confidence, confidence. in you. Good. I like it. What else causes anger? For us, the same thing that would cause Jesus to be angered. Anything that's outside the realm of God's <laughs> desires. Yeah. Joy. When you see people mistreated. When you see people mistreated. Yeah. The, the, the Either by their, well, society, their families, facilities. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. They're being paid to take care of them. I was uh, in the airport uh, yesterday, and uh, a couple sat down across from me, and they had all kinds of Bucks gear on. And I said, um, are you like Phoenix Suns fans? Or They laughed, and, and I said, no, we're going to the game tonight. And I said, oh, that's pretty good. And I said, you live here in Florida or Milwaukee? Well, we live in both. We live in the third ward, but in the winter we live out here most of the time. We just happen to be down here taking care of some stuff. And, and, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, the wife said, oh, after they won that last game, my husband's a big fan, so I got online and I bought two tickets and then got a couple of airline tickets. And I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out they're members at Hales Corners Lutheran. And I said, well, that's a good place to be. They own a whole bunch of... Uh, daycare centers in Franklin, McGuanago, Brookfield, and that. And I said, what's the biggest challenge that you have? Health, good health. People who care for kids. Yeah, it's hard to find people who really want to do the job because they love kids. Yeah, something more than a paycheck. It's the, yeah. it's the, uh, the elderly, too. Elderly as well. That's yeah, elderly care. I was going to say, yeah, Beverly, you know all about that with your... Yeah, yeah. Heart. They go wherever they want to go, really, and most yeah. of them don't want to work right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, not to be political, but... But I will. <laughs> yeah. People, CNAs, they're, they're not hiring, or people aren't getting jobs because they're collecting more at home. Yeah. That's so they're it. not... That's it. So they're shorthanded. Don't tell the governor that. So shorthanded. Right. But they know it. Speak to somebody's yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Well, let's get back to what makes you angry. Yeah. <laughs> Old and cranky. Not, not really referring to angry, but just kind of reading those verses. It's, 
it's kind of like where Christianity, I think, is misunderstood in that we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. You know, Jesus did, he showed that over and over and over and yeah. over again. And I think when Christians hold a firm stance on issues that are biblically correct, people see that as hate, but it's not hating of people. Right. Yeah. So we are considered intolerant, mm -hmm. judgmental, right? And then, I, I, man, I, a number of years ago, one of my first years in the ministry, some, someone called me and said, hey, can you, can you come here? I said, what's the matter? I'm looking across the street, and, and Bob's got a baseball bat, and I think he's going to take out Luann. I said, well, have you called, like, the police? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I did, but I thought you should come here, too. So it was about a mile away, and I drove in, and, like, the neighbors are all there, and Bob's got a baseball bat, and Luann's crying, and the cops are there. And I ran in, and I said, Bob! And the cop grabbed me and said, who do you think you are? I said, I'm the pastor. He said, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> But, but <laughs> later on, I had, I had conversation with Bob, and uh, he sent me a letter, and he started off with Matthew chapter 7, judge not, lest ye be judged. And, uh, you know, I chatted with Bob. I said, I'm not judging you, Bob. I'm just reiterating what God has to say, you know. Um, so this isn't about me, Bob. This is about you and, and the Lord. So, you know, the things that make us... The things that make us angry are normally the things that we care most about. There's a guy named Bob Goff. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bob Goff. Love does. Uh, we had him here. He spoke yeah. here. And uh, just a dynamic guy. And he always says, um, if you really want to find your purpose in serving the Lord, find out what really, what really gets you upset. You know? And for him, it was Ugandan girls in sex trafficking kind of thing. So he went over to Uganda and, you know, really helped out over there. As a matter of fact, he was given honorary citizenship. And I think then he, I think they, they moved it into actual citizenship. He is the Ugandan ambassador to the United States. That's, that's the impact this man has had. Yeah. So he'll always say, you know, what is it? What, is, what injustice has just got you up at night? And for Jesus, it was sin, right? What angers me is people or organizations that think Christians are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Or that, weak. And th they don't want to live under a God, right? Because I want to I be my own God. I want to call the shots. I want to determine for myself what's right and what's wrong, what's acceptable and what isn't. Yeah. And don't you tell me what's right and what's wrong. We live in this postmodern, I think we talked about it on Sunday, relative truth. Just let me determine what's true for me. If it's, you know what? If you Christians, if you believe something is right or wrong for you, fine. Keep it to yourself. I'll determine what's right and wrong for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the perseverance is not synonymous with perfection. We've got to understand that. And, and what's meant by that is, um, again, Christianity is not about finding the path to the perfect life today. It's about finding the path of perseverance through a crummy world that ultimately gets us to heaven 
one day. And that path is Jesus. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. See, and we get hammered for, for that one too, Ed. Right? Because, oh, you exclude. Oh, Jesus is the only way, you know, and you're sentencing everyone else to hell. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm just, you know. It's, here's the thing don't kill me, I'm just the messenger. Well, guess what? The messengers get killed. Yeah. Ask the prophets, ask the apostles, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, we do. We, we get killed. And Jesus warned us, didn't he? If they treat me like this, imagine what they're going to do to you. So he warned us. Perseverance is not resigning oneself to putting up with things the way they are. And that's a, that's a challenge some people have. They think perseverance is, okay, I'm just going to wade through this. I know that's all horrible and that's all crummy. I'm just going to ignore it. And it's, No, perseverance is working through it. If, if perseverance was just putting up with things the way they are, Jesus would never have left heaven. So perseverance is the old, if you played high school football, I think it was mandatory for a high school football coach to somewhere along the line during the season say, when the going gets tough, there you go, perseverance. There you are. Every coach, every coach I ever had. That and give 110%. There hasn't been a football coach that was a math teacher, evidently. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not putting up with things the way they are. It's wanting to make the difference so things can be the way they should be. Should be. The way they should be. Think of abortion. Yeah, there you go. You know how we just all have to keep plugging away to, yep. to, to make a difference. Yep, yeah. So as Christians, we say life begins at conception, and we've got all these laws um, you know, Roe versus Wade, and the lady who was involved in that is, is pro-life. Did you know that? Yeah. She's pro-life now. Well, she became yeah, pro-life. Yeah, became, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we, gotta, we just got to keep pushing. Yeah. Barb. Um, I have a problem with, it was in the Cedar Bridge News Graphic a couple weeks ago. There was a picture of a, the design that the kids had painted at Webster School. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. Yeah. Um, you know, here's how you combat it. You vote school board members who, who really believe in, in parents' rights. I mean, that's, I think today we're spending more time today um, thinking about local elections than we used to. And that's good. It's important. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're looking at, and I just, I just uh, watched a, a news report about uh, school boards around the country and how they've really become um, big political uh, entities uh, and, and that the battles have become big during election time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, think, I think something to do, and this, this happens too now, um, school board meetings. People can go to school board meetings, and I think you can even catch them online. I think listening to what the people have to say that are in the school boards. Being able to talk to a school superintendent, which these days is not an easy job. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's being aware and being involved. Was there another hand? What strikes me is that if you do something that's Christian, it's put down by the government. But if you put up like a, the, what the, not the what flag? The rainbow. The rainbow, rainbow thank flag. you. The rainbow flag. The, you can fly that over the state capitol, but if you put up the Christian flag, that could yeah. be, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, the rainbow flag is seen as an all-inclusive. Everybody's welcome. Christians are seen as exclusive, only if you think like us. Yeah. And, and again, we've, we've become a culture that has grossly shifted in, into the idea that um, we, have to be, we have to be tolerant and inclusive. Yeah, there was a hand. In, uh, Kay. I'm finding my grandchildren saying, I say, well, what does this uh, rainbow remind you of? Is old gay people. Yeah. Instead of like... Uh, God bless uh, Noah. Uh, Genesis, answers in Genesis, they put a, a great big ark um, and uh, a rainbow in front of the ark. And I showed my grandson and he said, well, that reminds me of Dave's bride. Mm. And it's so sad that they've taken what is a promise from God and changed it to something so that, evil. Yeah, they, they, they yeah, hijacked it. Yeah. And they do that all the yeah. time. You want to get frustrated? I'll make, I'll make your day worse. Um, <laughs> Google, Google, or go to go to YouTube and type in Nickelodeon, which is a, a um, kids channel, and then type drag queen pride, and they have a drag queen lady singing a gay pride song with the rainbow and um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, less than enjoyable. So, and you go and you go view, view these things often. I do. <laughs> I do. When a member comes in and says, "Did you see this?" You got to see what my kids saw on TV today. Yeah. See, this is the other thing. It, it as Christians, we need to be aware of what's out there. Yeah. I don't have three-year-olds. You know, I got grandchildren. Um, so I'm watching, the, you know, they got some nice programs for kids. My grandkids like watching the science one, you know, and, and they do the little stuff. And then we're watching and all of a sudden it was like, you know, 100, 100 million years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah. seriously, 100 million years ago? Oh. Nothing existed. No. <laughs> no, it's very challenging. So those are some of the things that cause me a little tension. But it's not putting up with these things. You know, it's not burying our head in the sand. It's, it's being out there and um, presenting God's way is really what it is. See, they don't want you to do that. No, they don't. My next point, perseverance is not the result of our resolve. Take the D off of that. Yeah. But because the Lord is righteous and is faithful to his promises. So our perseverance isn't about us, the resolve that we have. It's about, it's about the grace and the, the generosity of God, that he's faithful and that he keeps his promises. 
And again, he never promised that everything would be perfect in this world. He did promise the next one will be. But he didn't say, shove your head in the sand, right? And just hang in there until the, I come back. No, it's, it's let us do the work while it is still light. John chapter 9, when they met Jesus and the disciples, saw the man born blind. Who sinned? This man or his parents said he was born this way. And neither one, Jesus said. It, it, we're, God's going to be glorified. But let us work while it is still light. In other words... He says to the disciples, let's work while I'm still here with you. But he says to us, let's work while there's still time. Because we look at all of these people who uh, are, are all in favor of abortion or the, the gay pride movement or whatever, and we say, oh man, that's just not what God wants. And boy, how, ooh, you know, I looked at that drag queen and it just kind of, I'm glad I hadn't eaten right before I watched it. Um, but how easy it is to say, boo, you know, forget that one, forget that one. But no, we need to love these people to the point that we don't say, well, I love you so you can do what you want. No, I love you, but I want you to know the truth. Yeah. I want you to know the truth. If there's, if there's a... a two glasses of water and one has arsenic in it and the other is, is just good cleared cedarburg tap water um would you if someone was grabbing the one with arsenic would you say "Ooh, you drink that you're gonna die or would you say you know believe what you want to believe it's okay whatever you believe is good for you i don't think so so what, what we need to do yeah. We need to have a love for these people who actually believe that they're on the right track, but they're not. So, what are some Old Testament examples of the Lord's people persevering by God's grace? Egypt. Egypt. How long were they hanging out there? They were in Egypt in slavery over 400 years. And then they're in the wilderness how long? 40. There's some perseverance going on there, right? But it wasn't because of their resolve. It was because of God, right? Yeah. Joseph. Oh, man, that poor guy. Yeah. I, you, you get a little bit of Joseph doing the, yeah, I'm better than my brothers. And I'm one of the youngest ones. And they kind of get tired of it and they mistreat him. Right? And boy, he goes through it, right? Potiphar's wife and he's in prison and the whole nine yards. But it's the perseverance, it's a perseverance. I just heard a story, uh, or a message on that, that whole thing. Uh, when uh, the uh, Babylonians were ha having this huge celebration with the uh, Persians you know, surrounding their city, and they're having this big celebration, and that the hand comes down from heaven and writes on the wall, and none of the none of the uh, soothsayers or the, the intelligent people mm -hmm. could make out what it what it said, and they they find well there there's there's this old guy that we used it's to, old Hebrew yeah that, that yeah, used to used to used to know you know be able to understand that stuff, and so they they, they looked him up and they dragged him in there, <laughs> and he told them the truth yeah yeah you're. You're done. Couldn't read the writing on the wall. 
Yeah. So the, the perseverance of those who were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Noah. Noah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Laughed at him, made fun of him. Then the perseverance of sitting on that ark that long. Ay, ay, ay. Job. Oh, Job. Let's put an exclamation point after that, right? There's perseverance. Did it. In the midst of perseverance, did it mean that Job always did everything right, viewed everything right? No, he, there were times that he said, come on, God. And the Lord said, eh, just, I've got it. You just got to keep trusting. Any other Old Testament figures, characters that you could see perseverance? Perseverance. David on the run, right? And, and man, Saul's going to get him. Right, and then later Absalom wants to get him, so he's yeah he's constantly on the run. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at David's life, yeah, he was a more faithful guy when he was in danger, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's relaxing, and and I love that line in the springtime when kings go to war, David stayed home, right? Ooh, Bathsheba, hot diggity dog. Yeah, yeah, and and the the deal is. When he was running for his life, he was, he was more connected to the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that how it happens sometimes? Hot diggity dog. Has anyone ever used that term lately? Because <laughs> that term's the bee's knees, I'll tell you. <coughs> yeah. Put that one in the sermon. Yeah. There's, there's uh, somewhere I'm going to have to try to figure in. Hot diggity dog. Boom, what you do to me. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the sermon hymn. There, uh, man, you thought there were a lot of people at the Bucks game yesterday. Now the question is, how narrow is the yeah. narrow going to be that they ride you out? Yeah, how many will come back the next week? How about New Testament examples of persevering people? Paul was a great... Great one. He persevered immensely. Yeah. Stephen. Stephen. Yeah. Pulling the roof off and lowering down the Oh, yeah. The four friends that are, couldn't get toward Jesus because the house was just packed. So they had to pull the tiles off the roof and drop them down in. Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus saw their faith. Yeah. He even told a parable, right, about the persistent woman. Yeah. who was just wearing out the judge by her constant approaching him. Yeah, persistence. And the whole idea of that parable was to have people become persistent in prayer. Yeah. What else? New Testament persistence. We talked about Jesus already, obviously. Can you think of any other persistent people? John the Baptist. John the Baptist, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, how to win friends. Yeah. Influence people. Oh, you brood of vipers! Who warned you to come out? He still, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter and John, early in the book of Acts, when they're called before the Sanhedrin, hey, didn't we tell you not to preach in this man's name? You did, but we got to obey God rather than man. That's persistence. Again, they, it wasn't about themselves; it was about God. That's the persistence. It's always about God. Um, Hebrews 12, 
And that should be verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, about people who've gone before us, persevering, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, which is really a great definition of perseverance. When you, how do you do that? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the great definition of perseverance. Jesus never avoided problems, never went out looking for them, right? They found him, exactly. And problems are going to find us as well. We just got to keep moving through. It concludes this way, verses 6 and 7. Let them be like the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves his arms. So these are the, these are the people that are oppressors. We're persevering. They're a, a very, um, very set against us. And it, really the point of this is those who oppose the Christian faith are going to come up short. It, it's compared to the grass that grows on the housetops, right? It comes up just a little, and then it withers and dies. Those who oppose the Christian faith may find their little subtle victories, but man, it's, it's just not going to happen. How many times has the Christian faith looked like it was near extinction? Right? Early. Oh, yeah. Early. I mean, the, the disciples. And then you get into the 100 and 200 A.D., and it's the Romans. You know, we, we need to kill these people. Their perseverance was found in being good citizens in Rome. Did you know that? One of the far reaches of the Roman Empire was a young man named Pliny, Pliny the Younger, and he was kind of a governor over a section of the Roman Empire. So this is away from Rome. But the Roman government said, just get rid of those Christians. Just kill them off, okay? So Pliny the Younger writes a letter to the Roman government and says, how do I do that? They're like my best citizens. And here's what they're guilty of. Getting up early on the first day of the week and worshiping this Christ as if he were a god. And they sing praises to him while it's still dark before the sun comes up. And then they encourage one another. And they make vows not to lie or cheat or steal or commit adultery. And, and then, on top of that, they sell their possessions and they help out all the people who have need. And I'm supposed to kill these people. So it, Christianity, man, they were, it, was, it was tough going. And yet there was some great perseverance that happened. Right? And God, what did Jesus promise? The gates of hell will not prevail. You'll always be around. Sometimes strong, sometimes weak. But I'll be there. I mean, look at the United States, right? 1950s. Church is pretty strong, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Sunday morning. Go back to 1955 and try to get the kids together for a soccer game on Sunday morning. No Two things are going to happen. One, people are going to say, soccer? Seriously? Why would we ever play <laughs> soccer? And the other would be, we're, whatever soccer is, we're not doing it on Sunday morning. It's not happening on Sunday morning. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll go back to 32 years ago when I got here, right? There were no school activities on Wednesdays after school. Why? Because, you know, the Catholics and the Lutherans, they have their little confirmation things. Now, over the last 10 years, it was kind of like, hey, Wednesday's open. Let's jump in. And I'm not even just saying the school, but scouts and athletics and whatever. Let's do Wednesday. Wednesday seems to be the day now. I can't tell you how many kids that I have public school confirmation that have opted out of confirmation because of football or hockey or soccer. Yeah. And, and really, and the, I talk to the parents. Well, we leave it up to the kids. <laughs> well, good for you. I didn't leave that up to my kids. No. Yeah, but... That's why there's a distinction distinction between a parent and a child one would think you would hold yeah Ver, uh, Hebrews 12 4 in your struggle against sin you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood in other words what the writer to the Hebrews says and this is to the Hebrews this is a time when there's persecution and he says hike up your pants suck it up buttercup because you think it's bad now, it's going to get worse. You just need to persevere. You just need to remain faithful. So Peter is standing at the fire and he's warming himself and Jesus is being interrogated and one of the young girls says, Hey, you're one of those guys, aren't you? Nope, I have no clue what you're talking about. Someone else comes and says, hey, I was in the garden when he was arrested. You were right next to him, right? Nope, and that must have been someone who looked just like me. And then the third one says, you know, your accent gives you away, you Galilean. You must be one of them. No, I swear I'm not. And the rooster crows, and he runs out and he weeps bitterly because he did not persevere, right? But there is repentance, and repentance is part of perseverance. That is. Oh, it's 10 o'clock. Last verse, verse 8. Nor do those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And here's the deal. Even though others may not ask the Lord to bless us, he blesses us of his own volition. Yeah. So I don't need the government to say, oh, bless you for preaching the gospel. I don't need the local community to say, hey, am I glad you're going to church on Sunday? You know, we don't need that. We just need to do it. And that's all it is. That's obedience. That's obedience. It is. That's perseverance. Yep. It's okay. For what can we pray? Rhonda's son. God knows who he is.
and I don't know her number offhand or her email offhand, but if anybody has a couple hours, pretend that Town Affair and Man the Boot is real. There's this information there. All you do is hang out, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, Diane and I do that. Oh. And, I mean, no one's ever come and said, I think I'm going to shoot you for that. No, you might <laughs> not yet. a couple people not yeah, very rarely someone might, they just might shake their head and walk by. But, but. you sometimes meet some really interesting yep. young people and, and it's like, wow, that's wonderful. You get a lot of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just contact Susie, I'm sure. Yeah. When, when's the fair? Anybody got dates on the fair? Next Wednesday, yeah. Does it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Barb. Your family. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, Anyone else? All righty. Let us be praying. Lord, thank you for the faith that you have given to us. Thank you that you forgive us for those times that well, we're less than aggressive at living it. But give to us your Holy Spirit that we can persevere in such a way that we would be a light to the world. And thank you for your perseverance. Lord, uh, we remember uh, Rhonda and her son at this very, very difficult time. Be with those who are ministering to him. Give them wisdom and skill. But we pray that this young man would be free from physical pain and also from emotional and spiritual pain. Just allow this family to be able to cling to you. Uh, we do pray for our Lutherans for life, especially now that the uh, county fair is coming and that we have the privilege of being able to be a, a witness uh, just ask that you would raise up people who uh, would uh, be volunteers. Um, I pray for my family, especially the ones that have COVID, that you would give to them uh, comfort and strength and recovery. So, Lord, we place our lives and the lives of our loved ones into your tender, caring arms and just know that there's no better place to be. Amen. Okie dokie. Psalm 130 next week. There's, uh, we got 130, 131, 132, 133, and 134. Those are the Psalms of Ascent. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. Have a good day, and God bless.